welcome back, ladies and gents, to another movie episode from We're Drunk and We Know Things. I'm Rob, and I'm joined by Mike. Hello. Drinking beer, sorry. Always. Every Very time. unprepared for this. Um, we are basking in the glorious sunshine at, in the beer garden at the Prince of Wales. Probably too hot. It's a bit too hot. I'm not like, We've had equipment overheating. We've we've had to drink far too much beer I'm just to stay fire. hydrated. It's on fire. Um, this month, the poll was surprisingly close. But there was, in the end, a very clear winner. Yep. Two of the four people went for Robocop. Yep, two of the four. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Robocop. And you're going to come with us, dead or alive. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Correct, we are this month talking about Robocop, 1987. One of my favourite action films from that period. One of my favourite action films. I don't think you're quite as enamoured. I was. But then you watched it 25 times this week and now you hate it? <laughs> I didn't watch it 25 times. We watched all of the Robocop movies, yeah. uh, of which there are quite a few. And there yeah. But you didn't actually watch all the Robocop movies, which we'll come to. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> I probably missed a whole bunch. No, you would and... like it less if you had, so it's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so like I say, made in 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. At the peak of his... Verhoevenness. Verhoevenness. Well, it's actually his first Hollywood movie. Really? Well, he made a Hollywood movie, but his first... His first movie that he's like famous for being Paul Verhoeven. Mm-hmm. So before this, he'd made a World War II drama, uh, which is a very nicely handled, very well-made movie. Like, all his movies are very well-made. But it wasn't like, you know, showgirls. Um, this is when he really got into, um, like... Action, action porn. and gore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Violence. I'd buy that for a dollar and all that kind of Ultra business. violence. Cost $13 million to make. One three. One three. Oh, right. Made $53 million. See, that's not bad. Plus whatever they made on Blu-ray sales, which is a lot. VHS, I, I personally think, have bought honest. this three times on Blu-ray because people keep borrowing it and not bringing it back. Um, and uh, this, uh, this is interestingly, very interesting for listeners of the podcast, second box set I ever had. Second blue, second DVD, sorry, I ever had. When I got a DVD player, my mum my mum bought me Planet of the Apes box set. Don't know why, but then I got this on Blu-ray on DVD. Good, right, amazing. Okay, so it That's has my amazing pedigree. Facts. It has pedigree, exactly. Yeah, good story. You yeah, don't get thanks. amazing facts. Thumbs up from the producer. Good stuff. Um, well, I mean, why even continue after that bombshell? Yeah, I think we're done. So it was written by Ed Newmeyer, who went on to write Starship Troopers, and Michael Miner, who went on to write. Uh, Newmeyer was <laughs> Newmeyer was inspired by Blade Runner. He worked as a production assistant or something on Blade Runner, and was like, "So this is a cop hunting robots, but wait, what if there was a robot hunting hum- humans?" Oh, I fucked it up there. I yeah. fucked that up anyway. Yeah, so yeah, so Miner wrote a script also about a cop who was injured and volunteered to be a cyborg for the police, and they met and they were like, oh, "Let's fuse this into the world's greatest script," but instead they wrote Robocop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seems unreasonable. I love this film. It's the first sci-fi movie for there, 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 there for Verhoeven. Yeah. Um, when he went on to obviously make Total Recall, which is probably better, considerably uh, better. No, I, I think it's a bit apples and oranges, but okay. Oh. Um, originally, they wanted Ruka Hauer because Ruka Hauer was in Paul Verhoeven's first movie. Okay. Um, but he was too short and he looked weird. They were like, he'll look weird in the suit. So then they were like, oh, let's put Arnold Schwarzenegger in it because he was just in Terminator playing a robot. And then they were like, oh, no, he's too big. It would look outlandish. So imagine Peter Weller 
is a very skinny man, which is why he looks bulky in the suit. Imagine putting that suit, made in the mid-80s, on Arnold Schwarzenegger. He'd be about 40 foot wide. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was ruled out. So what um, you're saying is that Rutger Hauer was too small, Arnie was, was too, too big. big, and Peter Weller was just, just right. right. He was the Goldilocks, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Let's take a quick swig of beer, excuse me. Um, also in the script is Red in the script in the film is Red from uh, That 70s Show I have no idea what any of those things are great show Kurtwood Smith playing the bad guy okay and he actually uh, auditioned for the role of uh, Dick the head OC head of OCP head of OCP but he turned up wearing wireframe glasses and Paul Verhoeven was like you look a bit like Heinrich Himmler so I'm going to make you the other bad guy because sure the actual um, bad guy. The actual, the actual bad guy. Um, it was shot in Dallas, not in Detroit. Fair. Because Detroit was broke as shit then as well, like yeah. it was then, like it was now. Can't imagine that Detroit um, would have been a great shooting experience. No, indeed, indeed. Um, and essentially, it had a bit of a fractious production, really. But before we get into the production, should we probably do a small plot recap? Um, well, a quick one. I'm guessing most people have seen this one. The guy gets killed and he gets turned into a robot cop and he just fucks shit up. Yeah. So, so yeah, covered. There's, some, there's some finer points in there about OCD like, being dun, big. Dun, 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 dun. And it's like a whole commentary on 80s excess and terrible corporations. And yeah. It's quite prescient today still, I think. Um, because, you know, corporations are bad. Sorry. Well, it's my socialism bleeding no into. Watching Robocop 3 in the midst of everything that was going on with the it's whole true. Trump locking up kids thing. Well, I tell you what, and we're coming to the remake later. bit close to the We're coming to the remake later, but Jesus Christ, all that Samuel L. Jackson stuff with the fake news and stuff. Yeah. Actually a little bit upsetting last night watching that anyway. But the, we'll to be fair, that. the fake news comes for through um, in the first... Well, it's not really fake news, well, but the dramatised news. Yeah, the media and, breaks. Yeah, you know, he kind of yeah, takes yeah. that whole media break concept through to other movies as well. Yeah, right? absolutely. And then Frank Miller steals it for a Batman comic, which we'll come on to later as well. Ha-ha. <laughs> Um, so really, the making of the movie was everybody hated Paul Hoven because he's famously hard to work with. That's kind of the whole thing. But the interesting part is really about like the building of the suit. So Peter Weller lost three pounds a day. It was so hot in the suit. They're just sweating, sweating out buckets. like being in a sauna until eventually they fit fans in the suit, like a week before the end of shooting. Uh, to the point where, in between takes, he had an assistant who just had a portable air conditioner unit that would just, he would just literally stand next to him with a, a pipe, just blasting cold air into him because the man was going to die. So basically, they had to put Robocop on life support. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, it, the, the suit, essentially, whilst it looks amazing, l- sounds like it was a bit of a ball ache, he couldn't fit in the car, so when he's driving, uh, you always see him getting in or getting out, but you never see him... Uh, actually like physically get into the car because when he's driving in the car in the suit he's just sat there in his boxes with the top half up because he didn't fit in the seat and obviously couldn't drive with those weird rubber feet that he had yeah indeed um, that scene where he throws him the keys and he catches him in midair yep it was two whole days of shooting just because, to get that shot yeah because the hands were made of foam rubber so every time he just swatted them <laughs> but they were setting up film cameras so every time they had to reset it takes like an hour so it was two days for just to him keep just batting keys out of the air <laughs> I would yeah. love to see that as a, a, a proper blue <laughs> so I'd love to see like 14 hours of Peter Weller just getting increasingly frustrated <laughs> in a fiberglass suit that's 120 degrees <laughs> No, just eight more hours of this, Pete. You've got to catch them keys. See, the things people do for their art. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, so Rob Bottin, who had done stuff for The Thing and worked with various and many of 
big uh, FX makers mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood just kind of made him he actually went on to work on Total Recall so he did the suit design he did the suit design yeah so he designed the suit and Paul Verhoeven was like nah shit <laughs> so they argued for like three months he said he's never had to do so many conceptual drawings for a director because he just kept un- just dismissing them out of hand and eventually had to accept that this was the suit was going to be just because what he wanted was not physically possible for a person to walk around in the suit weighed something stupid like 80 pounds or something insane so like I say you're losing three three pounds of sweat a day um, the suit ended up being three months late they had to, d- to delay making the film until Bulverhoven was like fine the first one you did is okay I guess <laughs> <laughs> to the point where Rob Bottom was like I'm never working with this guy again he is an absolute arsehole from what I understand he kind of is um, but then when they went to see the premiere, they were like, oh my God, it looks so amazing that Paul Botton has worked on every single sci-fi movie that Paul Verhoeven has worked on since. Um, the big gun, the big automatic... Yeah. Yeah, so originally they were going to just give him a Desert Eagle, but because of the size of the arms and the suit and everything, the it Desert Eagle looked, looked really tiny. tiny. So they had to get a Beretta and just stick a load of fiberglass all over the top and stuff to make it look, look, look better. Look better. Uh, so the Desert Eagle that um, Dick steals at the end mm-hmm. and... You know, points against the old man stuff. That was the gun he was meant to use. Oh, right. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Just had it lying around. Yeah, pretty much. Um, ran massively over budget. Massively over budget. So because they knew they were running out of time and money, he purposely left the scene where Murphy gets killed and didn't film it so that they had to go back to the studio and say, ah, oh, yeah, this really key bit of the film, um, we haven't shot it yet, so we need more money. And they were like, oh, so we haven't got any choice, and they had to give him more money, essentially. So, nice. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven... That's good asshole-ish management of a studio. <laughs> yeah. Uh... yeah, Paul Verhoeven doesn't come off great. There's a really good uh, documentary called Blood and Steel, the making of Robocop, which has been around since it came out, basically, which is a really good making of where everyone is just like, this is the worst. I hated working on it. I hate Paul Verhoeven. I hate everyone else in this documentary. It's just, I, I hate it so much. Which is why nobody... Peter Weller's in number two, but otherwise just isn't in any of the other ones. Irvin Kirshner made the second one, by the way. Anyway, yeah. so weird. Um, the special effects were generated on a Commodore Amiga. Okay. Well, you mean like the whole... All of the Any graphics of the and graphics and all that kind of business. So like the, you know, the targeting yeah. screen, all no, that I kind of stuff. I believe that. I love all that business, by the way. All the POV stuff when he's dead. <laughs> You're shaking your head. You're not a fan? Um, I don't mind it so much, but again, it's one of those things that it doesn't... Uh, Robocop hasn't aged well. No, it hasn't. And stuff like that, unfortunately. In terms of both politics it, and everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's very little... I mean, don't get me wrong, Robocop himself, generally speaking, but yeah. anything else has not aged well. At all. I, I love it, I won't lie. I love it. Um, Paul Verhoeven described it as fascism for liberals, and I, I, it does make sense. I, I do get that. It is like... You know, like when he's throwing around um, Bodecker through glass and stuff while he's reading him the Miranda rights. He's just fucking him up while he's reading Miranda rights. Is It's satisfying. It's very satisfying. And it's, it's that lizard part of your brain that you're like, yeah, cops should fuck up the bad guys. But also be nice to them and give them their rights. You know. Um, they were actually worried about how cops were betrayed. So they, sh- so they showed it to loads of cops in Detroit. And they just cheered. <laughs> they were like, yeah! And all the feedback was, yeah, I wish real life was like that. Which is a terrifying indictment of the, the legal United system States in America. Law enforcement system. Nothing we didn't already know. This is a very political podcast this week. Huh? Blue Lives Matter, etc. Um, 
And yeah, other than having a very fractious, everybody absolutely hated each other, there's not a huge amount on production going really other than what we've talked about well who did because one of the takeaways is and again it dates it and what have you but there is quite a lot of stop motion uh for the sure. m the, what's the big robot called ed 209 ed 209 so that's phil tippett who is a stop motion animator um he actually ended up working on jurassic park nice so he was originally jurassic park was going to be stop motion animation dinosaurs Brilliant. Yeah, I know. And so what, like, kind of, um, not the day the earth is still. What's <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, journey to the centre of the earth. Journey to yeah, the centre yeah, of the yeah, earth. Yeah. So it was going to be stop motion uh, dinosaurs. And um, I think we should start a petition on Twitter to remake Jurassic Park. <laughs> we should. We've, we've got producers who have raised $200 million. Um, and Steven Spielberg was like, oh, yeah, but what about this CGI thing? Apparently that's catching on. And Phil Tippett famously said, oh, God, I'm, I'm extinct. So I had to become a master in CGI and ended up being... A, the di- he's, it's amazing. He's the dinosaur expert in all the, all the all Jurassic Park movies now because he animated all the dinosaurs in the first movie. So uh, he did all the stop-motion work for the Ed 209, like when it falls down the stairs and wiggles his little feet and has a little cry. It's weird. I like it. It's weird. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Still better than the Ed 209 in the remake, which just turns into a computer game for 10 minutes while he fights two Ed 209s. But... We'll, We'll come to that later. Um, I quite like the Ed 209 in the third movie, because the Ed 209 <laughs> is actually in all of yeah, the Robocop is, yeah, yeah, yeah. series. I know. In the third movie, where the little kid manages to reprogram it with her laptop. Yeah, and, oh. Hang on a minute, this is meant to be a military attack I love robot. A compu- I, love a compu- I love a film hacker. And she's there going, I know this, it's a Unix system. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> and they're always 12, and it's always a Unix system. I love it. Um, so yeah, so he did all the stop motion stuff. Um, which I think we can agree has aged badly. Well, I think it's, it hasn't necessarily aged badly. It just it dates. It's the film. very clearly stop but, motion. Yeah. yeah, it's very. I mean, when you consider that the height of CGI yeah. is the ability. Oh look, we've drawn a grid. <laughs> yeah, and I, in all seriousness, I lo- I do love those bits. Targeting the pen and stuff. Yeah. that scene with the no, that's, uh, that's with the recording really cool. and playing it back and stuff. It is really cool. And but the it whole is very much Happy New Year. Um, cutaway where they're having the party in the lab, and it's it humanizes. Oh. Very yes. nicely. And yeah, I mean, it is very 1987, though. It's very, very 1987. So if that's it for production... I think the big thing, bigger than the film of Robocop, is the franchise of Robocop. Because is interesting. Robocop was a resounding, like, huge oh, success. Well, I mean, there's a reason Paul Verhoeven is Paul Verhoeven, um, and it's it because of Robocop. Paul Verhoeven, yeah. and it was we everywhere. We wouldn't have showgirls without Paul Verhoeven. You seem to be a little obsessed with showgirls. I'm Listen, not I watched lie. it when I was 12. It was great. <laughs> Oh, I haven't watched it since. Still it assume it's great. Just a key moment. Still good, in, still good. Jesse um, from Saved by the Bell gets a tits Hasn't aged well. No. no? Like all <laughs> the, Paul Verhoeven's stuff. The stop motion's pretty terrible. Does it feel weirdly misogynistic, like all Paul Verhoeven's movies? There's a point in this movie where a black guy turns around having taken a piss, and then the female cop, Nancy Allen, is can't saying... Help, I can't help but look at, at his big old swinging dick. And he uses that opportunity to punch her in the face. So, you know. Yeah, but he's a bad guy. Yeah, but Jesus. <laughs> and coincidentally, today is June the 23rd. It is. Nancy Allen and Peter Weller share a birthday, June the 24th. Ah, so happy, happy birthday, birthday to the tomorrow. two of them tomorrow. I assume Peter or Weller. Or a week ago when you're listening to this on Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You're dating the podcast slightly, but whatever. Uh, or entirely. Um, but yeah, like I say, I think more interesting than the film itself is the franchise it spawned. So you've got... Fran- he didn't do Spawn, did he? That would be amazing. Robocop and Spawn. I would watch the shit out of that. Tom McFarlane is making a new Spawn movie, by the way. 
great stuff. Gone. The Robocop Jamie Foxx is going to be spawned. Anyway, um, the Robocop franchise. So, Robocop 2 and 3. Yep. Irvin Kershner directed the second one. Some dude directed the third one. I haven't even looked it up because it's Robocop the third 2, one. Robocop 2, wasn't that Irvin Kershner's last film? Uh, I don't think so. No, okay. I know, in fact, I know. Sorry, it wasn't, no. All right. Um, but, um, Might have got that wrong not, not the best. Um, but I actually have a very a big soft spot for number two. I love it. The story in the script of number two is written by Frank Miller. Yep. Yeah, and he also wrote the story for the third one. Um, because, you know, Frank Miller's held as a genius, but also puts out a lot of shit. He's <laughs> and he's prolific. Perfect. He's perfect for him because he's a violent fascist. So perfect for him, really. Uh, the Robocop franchise. I like the second one. It's got Nuke. They turn him into Tom... Um, Tom... They they, uh, they turn him into the big. Uh, what is he? He's not. Is he just called Nuke the bad guy in the second? No, one? he's called Robocop Two. Is he called Robocop Two? <laughs> oh my God! And yeah, um, and they have that amazing sequence where they're trying to make another Robocop, and it's just loads of cadavers killing themselves and you, other people and other people. Yeah, amazing. Um, and the Robocop Three, which is the most nineties made TV shit in the world. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a jetpack at the end. He's got a Japanese just for no in. reason. Um, again, that's really bad. They got a Japanese guy in just to be a robot. Um, well, no. The whole point is that the Japanese—that's that, the thing. They're they taking over OCP, aren't they? And, and it's the Japanese conglomerate yeah. takes over the big American it's conglomerate. It's the a real one commentary. Thing I would say is across the three movies, it's not until you get to the end of the third one that you realise that maybe at the end of the third one things are going to change because all of Robocop's actions in Robocop 1 yeah. and in Robocop 2 ha- make no difference at all. Yeah. Detroit is still a shithole and, and also, but still going down the In the second the one, for some reason, they make the old man in OCP in the first one. He's like an old man. He's just like a cantankerous old head of a corporation. But in the second one, for some reason, he's suddenly a bad guy. He suddenly turns into a horrible bad guy. In the second and third one, suddenly he's this terrible... He t- they turn him into Dick Smith, basically, in the second one, which is insane. I don't, I don't understand that. Who? What? The old man from OCP. Yeah. The head of OCP. They make him a bad guy in the second third one. Well, yeah. But no, he's always evil. He's not That's really a bad guy. He's he like a, He's like a sleazy he corporate dude, but he's not. He's meant to be. He becomes more evil. Sure. And I do quite like the bit where he throws her under the bus at the you end. You know, in the you know, obviously, you know, you know, in the first one. Not literally, although you know, it's for Hoven. You know so, the you character know. Um, Johnson, yes. the black guy. Yeah. His character's name is Don Johnson. <laughs> It's so weird. Why? Okay. Miguel Ferrer is amazing in the first one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first one does an amazing job of, like, translating horrible 80s corporate sleaze to the screen, which I don't think the second and third ones do. They're just out-and-out bad guys who are trying to do horrible, terrible things. The, se- the first one's all in the name of making profits and X, Y, and Z, whereas the second and third ones seem just overtly like bad people. Well, like. they do seem to go a little bit OTT. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the whole corruption in the system and all the yeah, rest of it yeah. comes through in the first, but then they kind of turn it up to 11 for the second, yeah, yeah. and then they break the knob off for the third. <laughs> and um, then, so the Japanese company's taking over OCP in the third one, and at the end, the head of the Japanese company turns up and is like, oh, this is all terrible, you're all fired. And then he bows to Robocop. But that's a proper bow as well. That's like a deep, <laughs> It is a deep bow. bow. It's a trying to Robocop suck his own bow. bow back because he can't bend from because the waist. he can't move. And famously, obviously, not Peter Weller in the third one. No. It was Hampton's now Although, isn't it Peter Weller's face? No. The model? No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, fine. Because <laughs> it looks identical. So... Going back to the suits, well, on, let's talk about let's talk about let's go through chronology, the chronology of the various and many iterations of Robocop. So you got the second and third film. Yep. Then you got the cartoon. 
amazing. He fires lasers for some reason. I watched the shit out of that when I was a kid. Easier to draw lasers than sure. it is to draw bullets. Then it I was guess. then it was Robocop Alpha Commando. Worryingly, don't have to look at my notes to know this. That is a little bit upsetting. Then it was Robocop Alpha Commando, which was Robocop's been shut down, but then they boot him back up again in 2030. And now it's it's science fiction space times with an already sci-fi concept, which feels a bit like a hat on a hat, but okay. They, he's, it's they, more sci-fi. They're taking down terrible, terrible terrorists who are, and I have, do have to look at my notes for this, the name, the name of the terrorists in the cartoon, this would be worth waiting for, is called Dark. Just Dark. Dark, Directorate for Anarchy, Revenge and Chaos. So only very slightly better than Spectre. <laughs> It is the best. Considerably better than the acronym for Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, and then you have the TV series that was on the Sci-Fi Channel that I watched when I was a kid, yep. which totally ignores um, Robocop 3, as all anything should, as everyone should, yep. as everyone should, um, which is like a real toned-down, tame, obviously, Makes slightly less version. bloody, yeah. like... Um, and then, yes, yeah, so you've got the TV show, you've got the... the, 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 the and then we come to a, a pseudo-reboot of Robocop, which they did for the Sci-Fi Channel. The mark of excellence. Excuse <laughs> me, Sci-Fi made some good stuff, but it they does. tend to make some bad stuff. For example, Loch Ness Terror. Oh, Christ. It's good. Guess what it's about? Uh, no. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to engage with that. The, lo the Loch Ness Monster's a vampire. It's not, but that will be bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's write that. Just, I'm seriously, exactly I have, I have one, but he's home got shark fangs. versus whale wolf. And I thought that Real was as bad as he got. Oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, they did a pseudo-reboot of Robocop called Robocop Prime Directives, taking it back to its gritty beginnings. Mm. You know, basically when Batman Begins came out, you know, everything was gritty. Yeah. And everything had to be gritty. Oh, right, they grittified an they already grittified fairly it, gritty... Yeah, so they just took it back to its gritty beginnings. And it's four episodes, which are basically four TV movies. Dark Justice, Meltdown, Resurrection, and Crash and Burn. And in the first one, they interv they in they in <laughs> Sorry, they this sounds really exciting. It legitimately is actually quite enjoyable. In the first one, they introduce a previously previously unseen Alex Murphy's partner, not Nancy Allen because she dies in the third one, John Cable. So they make a new RoboCop out of John Cable, oh. and he is called Ro Robo Cable. <laughs> Ro Robo Cable. Not even wireless. <laughs> so embarrassing. So he is exactly like Robocop, except he is darker blue, and he's got two guns. He's got a gun in each leg, Rob. I always wonder why Robocop didn't. But also, Robo Cable, John Cable, when he was alive, he was a cop on the take. He was a bank cop. He was a dirty cop. He was a dirty cop. So he's a dirty Robocable. So he's cable. a dirty Robocable. <laughs> I gave her the old dirty Robocable, and she loved it. Anyway, sorry. Yes. I'm guessing at some point in the series, he betrays Robocop. So that's just the first episode. He gets killed at the end of the first film. Uh, and uh, then in the next three, he just fights like corporate injustice. Okay, so what, like so people who don't recycle their printer turner? <laughs> it's really, the, third, the, the rest of the three are like, I feel like you could have, this should have been a thing, right? This should have been the whole... Yeah, okay, you could have yeah. spun Robo Cable out for four uh, um, And he um, beats Robo Cable by outdrawing him. Because <sighs> he's only got one gun, you see. You see, yeah. yeah. So he's half the time. Yeah. Or something. Anyway... So what you're saying <laughs> is that um, I should 
You watch the first I, one. I should, you know, immediately. The one with Robocable, the name Robocable aside. Phone my wife and tell her that there was actually more Robocop for us <laughs> yeah. to watch. You've We're had not to watch done. three films. You've also got Robocop the Animated Show. Robocop Alpha Commando, set in the future, and you've also... Which one was, was Robocop meant to be set in the future? It's meant to be set in the not-too-distant, like, the near-immediate like, future. We're 20, almost there. 20-something. This sums up the making of Robocop so perfectly for me. You know the amazing bit when he blows up the petrol station? Yep. Right? So, in the script, it had a bit, because it was a shell station. They actually make a point of panning to the shell station. The point of that is that in the script, they're meant to cut back to the shell sign on fire, but the S has burnt off, and it just says, Hell. Nice. And in the making of documentary, the writer was like, so disappointed they didn't add that in. I could tell you why. It's fucking shit. <laughs> That's a stupid idea. And a film that is already pretty on the nose about its message... Yeah, anyway, I think they missed a, an opportunity. Yeah, but, um, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, so you've had you've had you've had your Prime Directive series, but then also it spanned computer games, Rob. It did. Computer games such as Robocop, <laughs> followed by Robocop Two. Robocop Two. Guess what that was followed by? Robocop Three. You've nailed it. Oh, D. on fire! Robocop Three D. Like shell Rob. sign. Oh, it was three D. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was two D. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It wasn't three D. Maybe it's because it was far away. I don't know. I don't know why they called it that. It wasn't. And then my favourite game, the only game I ever paid on the Game Gear, one of the few games I had on the SNES, Robocop vs. Terminator, which actually makes the best film in the whole world. Yeah. So it turns out that Robocop's programming is key to the creation of Skynet. Because sure, why not slap robots and computers? Okay. So someone travels back in time, a hot woman... To kill I don't know Robocop? she was to kill Robocop, but actually it turns out that she's like, I can't do it because he's a good guy. So they team up. And then also loads of Terminators get sent back in time and he kills them all in a side-scrolling 2D action fun time. But then also, oh my god, you get to a level and he gets destroyed, oh my god. But he gets downloaded into the computer and Skynet is created from his personality, which is not the premise of the game to begin with. And also the point of Robocop is Alex Murphy takes over the programming. But anyway, he gets programmed, it gets downloaded, and it's amazing, oh my god. And then Alex Murphy's... Uh, stay with me. Alex, Alex Murphy's personality, I'm too drunk for this, I wish I was making this up. Alex Murphy, his personality becomes prevalent again within Skynet in the future. So he uses Skynet to build himself a new body, organic and metal. Shut up, don't ask questions. Builds himself a new yeah. robot. 3D printer, yeah. This was also a game from 1994, so probably. Anyway, Go on. and then in the knees in the future and he fights more robots. I'd watch the shit out of that. To quote Robocop, I would buy that. I think it would need to be a series. What's really weird is it was released on the Game Gear. It was basically released on Nintendo platforms and Sega platforms. And that's the the Nintendo plot. The Sega plot, totally different. (laughs) Totally different. Didn't even bother reading it. Couldn't be bothered. I spent too long reading about this as it is. It's a totally different game with a totally different plot. Uh, Same uh, name. Yeah. So, you know, that seems like money well spent. So, you know, I honestly thought you'd have played that. I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, no, I didn't do many of the kind of movie tie-ins because I think so I played Alien Three. It's so good if you liked Streets of Rage. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the remake, which I would like to talk about at great length, uh, because I watched it last night and I was a bit drunk and it annoyed me. Um, did you know in Detroit there's a statue of Robocop? I didn't. I've never been to Detroit. A 15-foot-tall brass bronze. Statue of Robocop. Does it have a traffic cone on its head most <laughs> of the time? <laughs> well, not yet. So, <laughs> it started as a joke. It 
started as a joke where what? the mayor was like, we should have a Robocop statue. Oh, right, I was going to say they jokingly erected a 15-foot statue. <laughs> no, 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 oh. we should have a statue of Robocop. He, that's the reason Detroit's most famous. Obviously, it's not, like Motown and cars and being broken More so recently, much, though. Know. Yeah, yeah indeed. Detroit ever done for us? So an artist was like, I'll do that. So made a 15-foot tall bronze statue of Robocop and put it on Kickstarter and made 15 gajillion times more money than he needed to. So he's made a 15-foot tall statue of Robocop, which is touring Detroit, and has finally found a home in a town square just next to the big Detroit stadium called the Detroit Stadium. And, um, yeah, amazing. So they have a massive statue of Robocop now. I think it's about time that they recognise their cultural contribution as well. So think, like, when it gets rained on and stuff and it oxidises and stuff, it goes a bit greeny and stuff. It will look cool. Also, it's going to confuse the fuck out of archaeologists. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's a real person? Oh, no, my God. 3,000 years from now, as they're sifting through the ruins oh of old God. Detroit. There's just still this thing. And there's just... I think what is it? The I only, found something. I think it'll be the only thing they keep nice in Detroit. You reckon? I think so. It'll be the only thing left standing. It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. So that brings us to the remake. Okay. The remake was, what, 2014? 14, yep, 2014. Um... um uh, Jose Padilla, very good, very, very good Brazilian director. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Kinnaman from Altered Carbon of late, who's very good. And it's really good for an hour, and it's fucking terrible for an hour. It's got the worst ending. First of all, it can't decide whether or not it is actually... It's like, AI is really bad, oh my god. It, you need to have a human in it. Except all the bits where they take his humanity away, he's way more effective and better at it being Robocop. So it doesn't understand what it's actually well, trying it's, to say. Well, it's pitching for the whole, you know... AI versus human debate, but I think it swings a bit wide. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it seems to be trying to make a point about how they need the human element, but the human element just fucks stuff up the whole the whole time, the whole the whole film through. Just fucks stuff up. He's a creepy stalker. He follows the family around. It's very strange. Well, yeah, but to be fair, so does the original Robocop. No, he Robocop goes to two. visit the. Well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, Robocop she two, files um, a restraining order against him, and he says they built me to honor him because that's a thing that people do. Uh, maybe he was referring to the 15-foot bronze statue of himself just outside. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the design of the first one is so much better because it's like a face stretched over the exoskeleton. Yeah. Whereas the new one, he's just like wearing a hat. It's clearly a dude in a suit, right? He's wearing that black like cowl over his head. Yeah. And the, half the time you can see the gap between his forehead and the cowl. It's weird. That is actually, that has a name, you know, it's a Gorby gap, I think, isn't it, in skiing? Is that really a thing? Yeah. Well, the gap you between can, your visor well, and your helmet. I'd hate to say this, but you can see a Gorby gap, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we just made that dirty. That's brilliant. Uh, Michael Keaton is brilliant. Very good. As is Gary Samuel Jackson. Uh, as is Gary Oldman. And that's the thing is that cast in that film is stunning. It is ridiculously good. It, it, the casting is amazing. All that stuff of Samuel L. Jackson with the like the fake news and him running basically Fox News uh, and like creating his own narrative and all that kind of business. I watched it last night and was like, shit, this is so on the money. So on the money. Like, <laughs> but like. It's meant to be like, look how crazy this is. But it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah we're living there. Yeah. Anyway. And at, the, um, and at the end, he fights two Ed 209s, because, you know, he fights one in the first in the, in the original, so he's got to fight two in the remake. And it just turns... One, two? There's like three or four, isn't No, there? it's two. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> it's two. He fights two. Uh, he fights another one when he gets upstairs, but he fights two in the lobby of the building. Fair. And um, it's um, it goes to POV. So you just see his hands holding the guns. It's meant to be like Robocop vision, which works as we've discussed earlier. Ooh, callback. I really like the POV in the original Robocop. But you don't like it in the new one? No, it looks like a computer game. If I was playing the Robocop game, that would be tits. But I'm not, I'm watching the film and it looks shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, his wife's like, I accept you and we're a family again. How's that going to work? He's two lungs how's that and a work? brain. He's two lungs and a brain. So how's that going to work exactly? His wife has accepted him, his son has accepted him as his father again? I don't know. Now, admittedly, I have no doubt that his robo-penis is going to be very, very impressive. Because they can make it whatever they like, right? She could probably specify. Well, I'm guessing it would be a series of attachments. Bit more, uh, exactly. Like a blender. Well, I mean, hopefully not a blender attachment. That's, yeah, a, I mean, that's gory in a way Robocop doesn't need to be. But well, I mean, balloon whisk. I, I'm not understanding that family dynamic. I feel like he should be the bigger man step away. Well, I think this was one of the comments I made to you before we started recording, is that they make better use of the family subplot in the remake yes, up yeah. until the very end they when do. they should have really just torn off the band-aid. And so that usage have... of the family was in the original script for Robocop 2 that Frank Miller wrote um, and then they didn't end up using it because they were like, fuck it, just have a drug-addicted giant monster robot. I don't know why I'm disparaging it. I fucking love Robocop 2. Um, that movie, by the way, got turned into Frank Miller's Robocop, which was a 12-part uh, comic series, which I have the trade paperback of at home. You're welcome to borrow it. But don't, because it's shit. <laughs> Didn't even pause breath. I love Frank Miller, sort of. But yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Imagine Robocop, but more violent and significantly more fascist. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Good yeah. times. It's... Um, <laughs> It's problematic. Mm. <laughs> I reread Sin City the other day and was like, this is great. I don't think I should be reading this anymore. Oh, I feel a bit ashamed that I own it. Urgh. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, to go back to the remake, I mean, one of the other things that I said to you is that actually what they should have done with the remake, because the remake, uh, well, firstly, it was only made four years ago, so it hasn't dated yet. The yep. uh, It's gorgeous. It looks it does stunning. Look it's slicker, but not better. I believe I texted you yes, last night. indeed. Um, I think that if they had made the new Robocop and just literally done a shot-for-shot remake of the original Robocop plot, that would have been yes. an amazing Yeah, yeah, film. absolutely. If they, well, basically, if they got a better writer, essentially. Yeah. It um, looks really great. And it, like the design of the Robocop, what is it, Bertie Gap? Gerby Gap aside. Gorby Gap. It, Gorby Gap. It, looked, it does look great. He does look much slicker. It makes much more sense because Robocop looks extremely unwieldy. <laughs> There's also a couple of nice call-outs to the previous movie where they're sure. doing the initial designs and yeah, they've got yeah. the one with the lights on the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really like at the end, the callback of Dead or Alive, You're Coming With Me at the end when yeah. he's like shooting Michael Keaton and stuff. It is really good and it has, it has a level of uh, like emotional uh, attachment or an emotional kind of uh, way that you can uh, not agree with shit. What's the word? Empathise? Empathise, that's the one. There's a better way to empathise with the film. It doesn't feel quite so detached, but it gets a bit soppy, frankly. Also, they made Lewis a black dude. Yeah, and I love that dude. I love, what's his name? Michael, Kenneth, Kenneth Michaels, whatever his name is. Yeah, no, he's amazing. He's, he's great. He's but great, but... Really? Give him a different name. Come on. Can we just have one chick totally in the change film? the character. You know, uh, it, yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, okay, so yeah. the remake is... Uh, I mean, watch it. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I it's watched it last movie. night, and it's I do think movie. I might actually have no, a little big Blu-ray purchase. But, I don't know. It's like, if you want to watch Robocop, but you can't deal with the heavy-handed politics, uh, then just don't watch any Robocop of any variety. No. <laughs> it's not for you. As soon as I said it. It's stupid. Which brings us to recommendations. So if you like Robocop, what else should you watch? Well, obviously, anything by Paul Verhoeven. All the Robocop, yeah, pretty much. That's almost my list. Watch Total Recall, watch Starship Troopers. Watch Total Recall, and then watch the remake. 
Yeah. Yeah, don't watch the remake of Total no, Recall. No, I don't mind it. In fact, but yeah, watch I like Recall. The, I like the Riddler. remake in the same way that I like the Robocop remake. It's like Robocop Light. And it's Total Recall Light. Yeah. Do you know what's amazing in the uh, Total Recall remake, just, just an aside? Um, you know in the original Total Recall, when they have the video of Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like, hey, I'm a bad guy and you've been tricked and ah, jokes, yeah. jokes, yeah. Yep. So they had that scene as well with Colin Farrell, but it was the same dude, but it was Ethan Hawke. Being like, ah, this is who you really are. This is what you really look like. But you've been made Mind to look like Colin Farrell. Amazing. How good would that be? But they cut it out because... It didn't work. Yeah, okay. weird. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, anything by Pulver Heaven. Oh, watch Starship Troopers. Yeah, definitely. definitely watch it. And, and it's a, that's a much better commentary on fascism. Everybody watches that movie and is like, it's like a celebration of fascism. It's definitely a satire. Yeah, 100%. There is, I don't understand how you couldn't view it as that. But for the kind of media takeouts and all the rest of it, yeah. you can see exactly where... Robocop yeah. went and a, and a, 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 a better handling of corporate greed and all that kind of stuff is probably Total Recall as well really because it's yeah. about the, the, the corporation on Mars and get your ass to Mars and that kind of stuff yeah. oh I'm totally going to watch Total Recall when to I be honest home. watch Total Recall and watch Robocop and then you start drawing parallels between the characters so Dick yeah. and the guy in Total Recall who's never Michael Ironside uh, yeah and they're that just like this is the same character yeah yeah 100% 100% um, Terminator yeah, if you like, if you want to watch a movie yeah. about robots, probably just watch T two. Terminator T two. Fucking Terminator two. T seventeen. I don't know how many they made now. Um, four, but the new one's going to reboot it apparently. Anyway, um, we'll do that I, for T. I'm guessing things like um, Flashdance. Sure. The short 80s if you love the eighties, um, I was going to say uh, Batman Begins. Okay. If you like, like a gritty feel of an action film, yeah. right? Like it's that kind of still feels like the same kind of sensibility. I, I slightly. As weird as it sounds, I think Robocop is relatively grounded in reality. It feels like a fleshed out yeah, world. Yeah, it's not fantastic. Yeah, indeed. Which I think the remake is. Yeah, but to a degree. To, yeah, but I, I do think Batman Begins certainly is a I would is say, a good one. If, and this isn't on your list, but um, basically Jason and the Argonauts. If you like, <laughs> if you like the, stop motion. If you like obvious stop motion. Yeah. Um, a big one I was going to say, which actually respired Robocop, is Dread. Yeah. Dread is a great movie. You should watch that if you yeah, like Robocop. Go back and watch that. If you like crazy, gory, crazy, fascist, police craziness, watch Dread. And then once you watch Dread, watch The Raid. Not because of Robocop, because once you watch Dread, you should watch a really good Indonesian version, which is proper crazy. Um, Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. Which is the Disney version of Robocop. Yep, I'll give you that. <laughs> Pretty much. Not, not a fan of the franchise, but... Fair enough. I, I um, love Robocop. I, I absolutely love it. But yeah, you should definitely No, I love watch Robocop. It. I don't love um, Iron Man. You can watch Sin City, the movie, which is another Frank Miller joint, as it were. Yep. Um, that's slightly more pure Frank Miller. Um, and if you like movies about people that are raging against the machine, literally in Robocop's case. Yeah. And, you know, involve some kind of samurai sword action. Exactly. In the third You one. see where I'm going with this already. Yeah. You should watch Kill Bill, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Also watch Kill Bill. That's good. But yeah, you should watch Crouching Tiger. It's pretty Crouching gory. Tiger. Crouching Tiger. It is pretty gory. And it's got Chiron Fat in it, so... And there we go. It's yeah. like the Asian ancient Robocop. <laughs> exactly. It says that on the back of the Blu-ray. It's so weird. Rob Dudley underneath. So weird. Uh, and that's it for recommendations. So basically, watch anything involving action from the 90s. Yeah, anything from the 80s and 90s. Oh, anything with robots in it. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, Five Alive. 
Short Circuit. Short Circuit. And that was one of the things on Amazon. People that bought this also bought Short Circuit. And I'm like, so just robotics people yeah. loving yeah, it. They, they just love their robots. Loving it. Remember the, the second one? We're talking when, about bots. When it end, is it the first one when it ends in Short Circuit and like he's all made of gold? Yeah. Yeah, he'd be so heavy it wouldn't work. <laughs> and gold is very soft metal. But anyway, that's, that's an aside. So, we have to determine how we rank this. What are we ranking it on? I think we should rank it on... Seconds to comply? I think we should... Yes. I was going to so say... out oh, of ten. Sorry, just before we do that, uh, they make a point in the first one of saying, oh, we managed to save the the right hand, and they're like, no, full body prosthesis, let's lose it. So in the, in the remake, they keep the hand? Yeah. Why? It's his left hand. Why? I don't know. Why would you keep the hand? You build a, like... I'm Unbreakable exometallic exoskeleton? That there was meant to be a whole hands? thing about because they do much more about the fact that the reason he's created in the remake is right. they want something that people can empathise with right. and there's this idea that he can reach out and touch you. Is it? Or it's his robo-wanking hand. Oh, you beat me to it. I can't believe it. It's literally just like, oh, finish what you're saying, I want to make a wank joke. No, but no, you nailed it. You nailed it. But Find the fun thing is, when you watch him deconstructed in the reboot, when they strip all of the suit away and he's just lungs in a jar and a brain yeah. and a head, yeah. the hand is just on like... <laughs> it's on like a weird pole, yeah, right? Just, just the hand. And it doesn't... It's not the arm, it's, it's the a, hand. It's a hand on a pole, which doesn't... The pole doesn't seem to be articulated at all. So it would just go up and down like he could wave. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Further proof that it's just a wank stand. So, out of 10 seconds to comply, Rob. Um, are we assuming that 10 is best yes. in this scenario? Yes, 10 okay. is best. I would say that the original Robocop, notwithstanding the fact that um, it hasn't aged brilliantly, but that it was a fairly big part of my kind of teenage sure. coolness growing up. Sure. I loved watching I mean, that film because cool. it was 18 and I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and it was like quite violent, quite scary in places. The director's cut is extremely gory. Yeah. Like the, the scene where he gets killed with all like, they shoot his arm off and stuff. And like the scene where Ed 209 kills that guy in the boardroom. Like, it's comically bloody, which like, is the point. It's, it's definitely the point. And the whole bit with the bad guy who goes into the toxic waste and then is stumbling oh, yeah. around and gets hit by a car. And, and then he was in the ER and, and he got like, his arm chopped off by a helicopter. Um, I would say that it probably gets a solid seven seconds. I'm going to give it nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Nine okay. out of ten. Justify yourself. Because um, I love it. <laughs> I just, I love it. I just think it's brilliant. I think it does exactly what it sets out to do. I think it is insanely, insanely entertaining. The whole opening sequence where it sets him up as like, they lose that in the remake where they send him off to the front lines kind of thing because they need good cops to get killed in order to make Robocop. Um, that whole sequence where he first enters the police station and you're like held back from seeing him. He's constantly turning when he comes into frame and yep. stuff and like all that kind of stuff. So amazing. Uh, the petrol station bit, the, the slowly regaining his humanity, all that kind of business. I just think it's an amazing, like, redemption kind of weird story of awesome shooting people in the face. And he stabs a guy in the neck at the end and there's, like, a big explosion of blood. Fair. So, uh, Robocop gets an average of eight. Yeah. Which yeah. is considerably better than some movies we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Including yeah, the one we talked about last month. But we aren't the only people to, re to review this one. Many other people review stuff. And this, this, will, this will shock do they, you. Do they, do they do this in a way we, that we can publicly... Um, we aren't the only people on ingest. the internet that have talked about Robocop. Oh... Do you know what that means? I do. It's the end of the podcast. Thanks very much. It's Amazon One Star Reviews. One Star Reviews. There okay. are some. I, Mostly I, it's Blu-rays again. I mean, again, I can imagine that this is one that is a little polarizing. I can see how people would not like this movie there, at all. There aren't many, well, there aren't any that are just hilarious. Uh, but, well, no, I mean, no, this will be funny. Shit. I've, oh, I've cocked up there, and I? 
Uh, anyway, uh, it's basically what I'm saying, trying to say is that the one-star reviews here are fair cop. To be honest, <laughs> you're going to go, yeah, I get that. Go on. So, Becky Flory, sensationalised brutality. A fair cop. Which is also the point of the film, right? Yeah, well, yes, but... <laughs> it's the point of the whole film. Yeah. Five stars for Chef. For, for Chef, the movie with John Favreau. To be fair, I'd give five stars to Chef. That's a great film. Yeah, it's amazing. Learns to love his son again in a food van and John Leguizamo is there and swearing that, and smoking all the time. That movie makes you hungry. It's fucking good. Makes you want to eat. Food porn. It's great. He makes that bloody cacao peppy at the beginning. Anyway. For, anyway, yeah. Um... Marge KNG from February this year said I forgot how much unnecessary swearing there was in this horrible dialogue fuck off, Marge. awful fuck off what 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 the swearing was the problem <laughs> not the horrendous gore too much swearing also is there that much swearing in this film no not massively yeah, i mean weird. the bad guys swear a bit yeah but they're bad guys fucking dick jones smeller etc who I think I've been calling Dick Smith this whole podcast. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And then we got some, and some wordy ones. Some wordy ones. Oh, we got... Okay, lengthy rant? Or? V Lemon from March 2015. It takes a lot for me to feel this actively negative about a film. When I don't like a movie, it's more like, meh, what a waste of time. Robocop is not meh. I get the whole, what does it mean to be human, but for sheer gratuitous, vicious splatter and overkill, this one takes the cake. Yes, also the point of the film. The scene where Murphy is blasted to a quivering, bleeding, shrieking shreds in increments has to be the most single has to be the single most disgusting, horrifying scene ever. You should watch Ichi the Killer, love. Okay, he's never watched anything by Cronenberg, <laughs> has he? Indeed, clearly not. Um, I like action films. No, you don't. And I'm not averse to plenty of shoot 'em up, the diehard films, for instance. But I found the violent wrenching of Murphy's personhood. First by guns, then by technocrats, revolting. I wish I could unsee this film. His bewilderment is inexpressibly sad. Wow. It sounds like you liked it. That got quite deep. I think it sounds yeah. like they liked it. I think they appreciated the movie on the level it's meant to be appreciated. But They've totally like understood the point of the film. Yeah. But then went, oh, that's yeah. affected me in a negative way. It's meant to. That's the point of that. The whole point of that scene also, is. Also, I would point it's out, fucked out. You know, Die Hard is pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this one is by a 12 year old viewer. You should not be watching spoiler, this movie, mate. Spoiler. Clearly not 12. Uh, right. Clearly okay. not 12. July 2001 was written in. When I first saw this movie in 1994, right? So that was 14 years ago. So you were 12 then or you're 12 now? Because if you're 12 then, it doesn't. none of that adds up. I didn't seem to care about violent content in movies, but then I was 67. I think they missed six to seven, and I hadn't seen the movie since. I rented the regular movie on DVD, and I had seen the X-rated director's cut and thought it ruined a great movie. But then I saw the R-rated version, and I will never buy this DVD again. Well, you've already bought it three yeah, times, yeah, that so was, I think we're good. That's why that was included because you already, you already, you already, you already <laughs> bought it. It would be weird to buy it again. Then again, you have bought it three times. Yeah, but that's because people get nicking it because it's a great film. Maybe people keep nicking fourteen-year-old viewers' copies. Maybe. So that's it. Weirdly, for Robocop, it's just people who were like, "It's really violent. I don't like that." All right. Probably shouldn't have watched fucking Robocop then. The one thing that <laughs> um, the final kind of element. The takeaway is you cannot deny the impact that Robocop had on popular culture generally. 100%. And the yeah. fact that 
some of the key phrases and some of the key scenes, like the yeah, end, yeah, yeah. 209 shooting that guy in the boardroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Everybody knows that. Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, and all that me. kind of business. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah, of course, um, I'll buy that for a dollar massively, which is like a, a, a Benny Hill pastiche yeah, yeah. thing, yeah, of course. Which, yeah. weirdly, they skipped in the second movie and then brought back in the in third movie. In the third, movie yeah. And quote it in the remake. Yeah, yeah, they um, do, yeah. But, yeah, and yeah. it's just, it's got, it's got legs. Robo legs. I mean, it lasts. <laughs> it's got, it's got it's prosthetic robo legs. Into... No, it has. It definitely yeah. has. It definitely has. Not exactly sure where we go from there, <laughs> no. so we'll just wrap it up. Cool. Final thing I would say is recommendation we missed, of course. Okay. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, 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 yeah. Not super violent. Yeah, massively. Yeah, massively violent. Massively. Augmented humanity. Yeah. And the, the the animated version, not the. I haven't, Either, I, to be honest, I actually haven't watched the live version once. It's good. Isn't she meant to be a Japanese woman in a white woman's Shut body? Shut up. <laughs> You've been listening to the movie segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things, recorded uh, live-ish. I mean, we're alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was live when we put it into the microphones. Might not make it home. Uh, recorded in the Prince of Wales Beer Garden in St. Helier, Jersey. We're drinking Boondoggle and have been for probably a bit longer than we should have given the level of heat <laughs> in this Jesus beer garden. Christ. Uh, this episode is produced by uh, Professor Patch Hertz. Nailed Dr. It. Patch Hertz. I can't remember his qualifications. Got an advanced degree in masturbation. Anyway. Uh, and. I believe it was a touch. I believe it was an advanced degree in touching oneself. <laughs> so I read between the lines. <laughs> and we'll be back next month when uh, we're covering S, which means we're probably going to be doing Superman. I'll, I'll probably be better prepared. We'll see you then. Until then. I love you. Really? You didn't press the record button, probably. Really? Really? <laughs> you have one job. Did you put a book on the pause button? Was that a Tres Comes tequila moment? Do we know anything at all about who did the model work um, and the compositing? Because that's pretty piss poor. Yeah, so that guy uh, is someone I've got, the name is, and I probably should have his on name on hand. Uh, so let's take a break for a second while I look up on the internet. No, no,